0: It's so insane. I can't even imagine because, you know, I'm thinking of like running in Toronto and you have lots of markers, right? But here you're in the middle of the desert and there's like nothing. Nothing.
1: It's like you could could be totally lost. Yeah. So the markers are these little ribbons, which they have tied to, uh, you know, maybe a bush or something, which uh, with the wind or with the shifting sand. Uh, they get covered, and and then suddenly you're just totally like, okay, now now where do I go? Or what do I do? Kind of
0: thing. Oh my gosh, I c- I cannot oh, imagine. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's kind of like life, <laughs> like just
1: yes. sometimes yeah. when it's
2: spinning, you're running in circles, and circles. then you the and it's yes. like you just trust in the universal energy, and you meet someone who kind of guides you along the way, and yeah. <laughs> like so it I, I sounds like you some, just like, <laughs> yeah,
1: so I met some really phenomenal uh, like. I mean, I met this uh, one lady who um, basically she was. Um, her fiance had died in an avalanche in uh, Switzerland, and she was uh, commemorating her run uh, to his memory. And um, and she was. She, I mean, she had a whole host of injuries, but uh, she was just so determined that you know I I have to do this because uh, you know. I mean, we were supposed to, like, she and her fiancé were supposed to do the run together. And because of his passing away in the avalanche, I mean, obviously, he wasn't there. And she was just so fueled by that need to complete the event in spite of, you know, uh, you know, her misery, her suffering, or whatever she was experiencing. And uh, so, so when I compared myself to her condition, I was like, oh, like, what are you whining about, you know? Just... <laughs> move along and, you know, just get it done, like, kind of thing, like, you know, so. So uh, were actually, you injured then? Were you, did you get injured through these events and then you still keep going? Uh, so, yes. So during my, uh, not, not during my Sahara runs. Um, I've been very fortunate in my Sahara runs because climatically India is, like, super, super hot. And so I was, uh, I mean, of course, not as hot as it would be in the Sahara Desert. But I was fortunate in the sense that I w- I'm used to heat. Um, I thrive in heat. I can't take extreme cold, uh, cold climatic conditions. Um, so, so basically, I, I wouldn't say my Sahara runs were a walk in the park, but definitely they were. If I had to compare them to maybe running in the Gobi or running in Antarctica or running um, in the Atacama, um, they were relatively easier on a scale of whatever. <laughs> so um yeah uh, so uh, like so uh, so what happened in the GObi as I said, uh, we had this torrential rainfall. Um, again, like um, you needed to carry a backpack with your uh, your supplies that means your food, your sleeping bag, uh, etc cetera, et cetera, your medication, whatever you needed. Uh, uh, so you so uh, shoes uh, an extra pair of shoes is basically a luxury which you do not have because that's just additional weight. Uh, but then running in soaking wet shoes uh, is a recipe for blisters. Um, so basically I got, uh, my feet got very badly uh, blistered. And because I continued running on them, they got infected. And my feet was so swollen that I couldn't even fit my feet back into my shoes. So what I did is I hacked off the toe, the toe area. To, I, I, in fact, I even tried to run a particular stage in a pair of slippers because uh, at least I didn't, you know, the, the the sheer pressure of trying to fit my swollen feet into a pair of shoes was so excruciating. I said, okay, just let me try and run in slippers, uh, which was also not such a great idea. But at that time, you're just <laughs> gra- you're grasping at strong That's all you could think of. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, that was a pretty harrowing time. Um, and, yeah, that's, so that was one of the races where I I, I did feel that I, I probably am not going to... Uh, like the other races, I never really felt that I'm not going to make it through. Uh, but this particular was one of the races where I felt I probably... Because I was just in, uh, you know, just so much pain for a lot of the time. And... Um, so, yeah, oh that gosh. was one of the runs. So when I, when I came back to India, of course, I needed to, uh, I was on a whole lot of host of uh, in, uh, injections and, you know, just to get that infection, uh, to clear the infection from my feet and stuff
0: like that. So you still persevered, like you you kept going and you finished, crossed the finish line with infected, yes. blistered feet. Feet, yes.
1: And some wow. very powerful, and some very powerful medication. Um Um, offered by, again, as I said, you always come across runners. And I was like, I I literally, when I was, uh, you know, uh, at one point I was like literally running and I was having these, because of the pain, I was just like, you know, sobbing. And so this guy was like, so what's the issue? And I'm like, okay, I said, I I don't think I can do this because my feet. I'm just in so much pain. I, I have no idea what that guy gave me. But whatever it was, it just like, worked like a miracle drug. Because forget about <laughs> walking. I was like literally running the boss. I was like, oh, wow. This is like awesome stuff. So I have no idea what it was,
0: but whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's it. insane. Ouch. So oh. now is this, was this like, uh, which desert? What, like, you know, was this the first run, second run? When you did the blisters, dealt with this the blisters? This was the third.
1: This was the third. It's the third desert. one.
0: Yes. So that's so insane that, Yes. You know, you go through all this crazy amount of blistering and then you get sucked into another one. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) After that. Like, that to me is, well, you know, from our view, it's like, that's crazy. But to you, what what was that? Like, what was the pull then? Like, what was the gratification? Like, how do you feel after you complete a race?
1: I don't think... um, i think no money in the world can uh, you know equate to that feeling that sense of accomplishment that you have persevered against all odds against all your physical limitations against all your mental weakness when you cross that finish line it's i don't think there's anything that uh, you know can give you that kind of a sense of satisfaction that sense of Uh, You know, like, I think if somebody could, uh, you know, bottle that essence and uh, market it, um, I don't know.
0: (laughs) I get that. Yeah. So and then how long does that last? That kind of elatedness, right, that you're speaking to?
1: That kind of elatedness lasts um, till you... um, Till another idea germinates and you sign on for your for your next one.
0: <laughs> That's exactly how Len Samura put it. What right Len said. Here,
2: yeah? yeah, yeah, he's like I'm yeah. looking for the next one. <laughs> You're always looking for the next one. Yeah.
1: yeah. Always so looking crazy.
2: for the next one. Yeah. So you hear about wow. all these runs and and climbs mountain climbing, desert crossing, um, but you don't know all these like details of the, the the injuries and the suffering that people go through until you interview them, like it's pretty mind blowing that you could just you know put on slippers and continue running. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, and, see, and I don't know, like I mean, people um, like as I said, um, um, bottom line is, uh, but again, over here, I would like to urge caution because yeah, um, people do lose their lives. People have lost their lives. Uh, doing runs like this, uh, you know can a sense of overconfidence, uh, a sense of uh, pushing your body beyond what it's capable of. Uh, so definitely uh, you need to listen to your body. you need to know um, uh, when to call it quits. You need to have the sense to know when it's time that you you, you can't push yourself. you can push yourself to a certain limit but beyond that it's uh, you know foolishness and you need to know uh, when that time is there because most race organizers when you are doing events like this uh, you uh, sign a kind of uh, a declaration which absolves them of any form of uh, liability uh, Of course so, Yeah, so you are pretty much uh, so you have to be responsible towards yourself and of course because you have almost all of us have family back home. So, you know, it's just not, it's not just your life at stake over here. I mean, it's something that's going to impact your entire family. So uh, you, you, you do need to be, uh, you know, a a little cautious in
2: the whole picture. Wow. So what about just maybe top three tips for somebody, perhaps having a dream of running a race or, maybe even just starting out with a 10 K like you did and how do they make that into reality? What would be like three things you would say to them? Like what kind of advice would you give?
1: So pr- primarily I first feel that everyone needs to have a goal, um, whatever it may be. I mean, not even from, I'm just not even talking from a race perspective. I'm just, I'm talking where life is concerned as well. Uh, you need to set, set yourself some goals. Uh, you need to, um, have some concrete planning. I mean, a lot of times, um, you know, we um, formulate these grand plans, plans, uh, which, which are just in our heads. We don't actually, um, uh, you know, we don't um, work towards it. Uh, so, and I always feel that you need to be uh, realistic that it's not necessarily that you're going to succeed, but you mm-hmm. need to attempt something. You need to actually attempt it to know whether you're going to succeed or not. Uh, Sometimes fear holds us back, uh, you know, from actually uh, experiencing a lot of things that we want to, because uh, the fear of failure is just so overwhelming that people don't even attempt something because uh, they already feel that they may not succeed at it. So uh, I just feel goals, be realistic, work towards it and be okay with that you may fail also. So right, that's what
0: Although I Although it sounded right. like, yeah, this is so brilliant, yet when you're in the race, you're in that position of, I'm the only person in India, I feel obligation, I feel a sense of duty, and I'm going to complete yes. it no matter what. Isn't that what it was for you? So there was no sense yes. of, it was, there was no option for you to not
1: finish it. Is
0: that true? <laughs>
1: Uh, no, I wouldn't say there was no option. Uh, I, I would say that I didn't give myself the option. The, the, right. There's always an option. Everyone has options. Um, it's, um, it's just that I didn't choose to give myself that option.
0: But, and that's what like, made you finish, right? That, is, that, is that what the yes. big piece was? Right.
1: Uh, yes, it was for sure. But it's not that I have not tasted failure. Uh, I have, uh, like, I, um, and it was, until today it rankles me that, like, I have not, uh, in one of the runs that I did a marathon in Mumbai, uh, it was a 42k event, uh, and I, I think I completed till, I think I quit at 32 kilometers, because, I don't know, it was, like, everyone has their off days, and I was severely dehydrated, uh, scramping very badly, and, um, and um, and I started my period during the run. Not a very good uh, combination of things uh, working no. in my favor. Uh, and so I kind of, uh, I pulled out at the, the 32K mark. But till today, that bothers me. I'll be very honest with you. Till today, that bothers me because um, I don't know, that sense of feeling that, you know, you, I didn't uh, finish what I started. So it's not a nice
0: feeling to we'll have but you know c- coming from this end i just thank you for sharing that you were menstruating you were having an off day because the truth is we are human mm-hmm. and we are women and yes, we have right. our cycles right. and yes. we and you know in the olden days we are we are respectful of our bodies um the way it works and you know in chinese medicine typically when you menstruate it is time where you give yourself permission to go inward. Difficult right. to do when you have a planned race and you're okay. committed to running, right? Yes. So I love that we're speaking to this because at the end of the day, it's not just about the race. It's about respecting yourself as a human being and, and
1: yes.
0: listening to what it needs. needs
1: yeah. Yes, so I don't sure. see that as a failure. Yeah, yeah. I know it it's eats it away. At all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that, yeah. So I mean, uh, but... Like, as I said, there are sometimes when things just, um, you can plan for a lot of things, but it's, um, you can't plan for everything. So there's always room for error. There's always room for things going awry, uh, you know, not the way you envisaged it happening. Um, so I, I think, and I think that's a lesson for life also, because I mean, a lot of us just, we, we think, things to be uh, a certain way. And, you know, when it doesn't happen the way we expect it to go, uh, you know, it gets very dejecting. And uh, But I feel you, 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 there's always a takeaway from, uh, from, you know, there's a lesson from everything that you experience. So it's just what you take away from it. And uh, I think it just makes you stronger in the long run. You know, the, the, the pitfalls, the, the highs, the lows, it's all just, uh, you know, something that you need to take in stride and move on from there.
0: Thank you. So uh, we're going to wrap things up. So two questions. One, The first one is, what's next for you?
1: Um, so actually, um, like, that's one thing which I, um, uh, where the running uh, part of it is concerned, uh, like, as I said, after I did the golden quadrilateral, that was like kind of the, uh, the pinnacle uh, where uh, the running part of it was concerned because, uh, that kind of a distance uh, is, I think it's a once in a lifetime thing. I don't think it's something that I could uh, probably, uh, you know, manage again. Um, maybe I could, I don't know. Never say never. But uh, <laughs> uh, as as of now, um, uh, you know, contemplating those kind of distances are definitely, uh, it's, it's definitely not on the radar right now. Uh, no,
0: I'm glad. Are, uh, I'm glad to hear
1: <laughs> there, there are a couple of runs that I have, uh, you know, on my bucket list, uh, which I would definitely, uh, you know, uh, consider. But now with the p- uh, pandemic, the way it has been, uh, I'll be uh, very frank to say that I've, I've really slacked where my training is concerned. Uh, so I, um, uh, plus because I'm menopausal, I've, um, you know, put on a bit, uh, packed on the pounds a bit. Um, so, I, I need to get back into that training zone full-time before I could, you know, uh, say in a very concrete uh, way that I, you know, this is what I need to uh, run that I want to do. Uh, right now, I'm um, I'm a passionate animal activist and um, hardcore vegetarian. I mean, I turn vegetarian because of my, uh, you know, uh, the animals uh, the whole animal uh, that i'm working for and uh, you know what i'm doing and stuff like that um so so right now that is something that just occupies me uh from like maybe like five in the morning to uh it can just go on to, um, any time of the night as well because right.
0: so it's amazing so i i just want to go back to you're a hardcore vegetarian were you a hardcore vegetarian doing all these events?
1: No, I wasn't. I turned vegetarian in two thousand and sixteen after I completed my uh, the golden quadrilateral run actually i was uh, I was a vegetarian before the golden quadrilateral run uh, but um, my the the run itself took a yacht in planning so I started planning uh, this run. Um, uh, maybe, uh, not exactly a year, maybe 10 months before I actually started the run in October. And uh, so I had on board a nutritionist. And uh, so she advised me that the kind of, uh, um, the, the event that I was doing, that I needed the kind of uh, protein and the kind of nutrition that I needed, I would not be able to, uh, you know, be able to sustain it on a purely right. vegetarian so- diet. Yeah.
0: Thank you so much for speaking to this because that is a question of concern too, right? It's like, you know, cause you mentioned, you know, one of the advice that you said is like, you should have planning. So planning would include how you take care of your health as you're training and going through the events, exactly. right? So like how exactly. you eat, how you exercise, yeah. not hurt yeah. yourself, all the yeah. things goes into this. So we yeah. want to thank you for sharing all your words of wisdom and that, to, in closing, our one question, actually, Dr. Tanya, do you want to ask her?
2: (laughs) Sure. What, during this pandemic, what have you been doing to fill up your cup recently? Fill up your cup. So it's kind of like, what have you been doing to kind of take care of you, um, put you first so that you can show up as an awesome human for you and everybody else around you. So little things, what have you been doing like your number one thing you've been doing to take care of you? Um,
1: actually, uh, during the pandemic, I, I'll be very honest to say that I didn't really have the luxury to take care of me uh, because, um, as I said, I work with stray, stray animals and um, for them, the pandemic was a horrific time. I, in India, like we have a very huge stray dog population uh, and um, they were literally starving to death on the roads because there was absolutely... Normally, they forage in the, the garbage and things like that for their, uh, uh, you know, for their meals. Uh, but because everyone was off the roads and, uh, you know, I mean, virtually the entire city had come to a standstill. I mean, their plight was pathetic, uh, for want of a better word. Uh, so I would actually be waking up at uh, two in the morning because, uh, you know, there were restrictions on, uh, you know, moving out of your homes. And... Um, So I would uh, probably wake up at two in the morning and I like initially I was caring for around, uh, maybe for around 50 stray dogs. And during the pandemic, the numbers swelled to maybe over 200 plus. So I would cook food for them, uh, you know, uh, then uh, pile my car up with the, 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 you know, with the the food that I'd
2: prepared and, you know, go to various points, uh, you know, where I would have them and I
1: would be, uh, you know, Serving them the food, and uh, if any of them needed any medication, or you know, then fix up taking them to the vet. So, in fact, I think I was more busy during the pandemic than, than I normally am because. Oh, but because then it sounds like, wow. it sounds like
0: then, though, that's how you fill your cup, right? Because wow, yes. you're creating a difference in these stray dogs. Like, wow, that must feel good.
1: Yes. Yeah. It was, uh, yes, it's. Like it's very good, but it's emotionally very draining. Very, very draining because uh, sometimes I feel that no matter how much I do, uh, it's just like a virtual drop in the ocean. And, uh, um, you know, you uh, you kind of feel swept so, right. away at times because it's just like you feel that no matter how much you do, it's just never enough. Um, so that's, um, but like, so as I said, I'm showing so, up for them. Yes,
2: I do. <laughs> yeah. Come, come rain, come. So you, and so what will you, will you do to start filling up your cup? So then what will you do to start filling up your cup? Just a little bit to make sure you can continue to kind of show up for these cute little dogs that are strays. I uh, see, I definitely,
1: um, filling up my cup. Um, this is actually what, uh, keeps me going because I know that they need me so much. So that is uh, something which I, I, I can just never let that go because I, I know that, I, that my presence there for them is so important that even if one day I, uh, you know, um, miss going out to, you know, feed them or see if they're sick or something, you know, for them, it, it makes a huge world of a difference. So that in itself gives me that, uh, uh, you know, uh, kind of um, the get-go. Like, I mean, I, I, I just don't feel, I don't feel, uh, uh, I don't look at it as, as a responsibility or a task that I have to perform. You know, mm-hmm. it's not something, it's something which I do, like, f- from the depths of my heart. Like, it's something that just makes me feel good. And yes. I think at the end of the day, that's what everyone strives to feel, like good about themselves. And I think that's what I, I, I feel like, you know, when I do this, that's what I feel. I feel good about what I'm doing. I feel good about myself. That's so, right. I mean, the difficulties are part of it, but yes. Okay. What keeps
0: Thank coming. you so much, Michelle. You're an awesome human being. Thank you for sharing your time and your heart and your stories so and, It is so beautiful.